0: is the home of Australian rugby and this is the official Fox Rugby Podcast with your host, Nick McCardle. Welcome once again to the Fox Rugby Podcast. I'm Nick McArdle here with Sam Worthington and Christy Doran from foxsports.com.au and a special guest this week uh, making his appearance once again on the Fox Rugby Podcast. Nick Fitch from the Waratahs, welcome to you. Thanks, fellas. Thanks for having me. You'd have a bit of a spring in your step
1: this week, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, could to get around. Uh, I guess you're asking before what married life's like. Uh, it's not too different, I think. It's, oh, it's been go. great, it's though. Married good, life. Uh, I was talking about the footy, w- but that's what the footy? Oh, here. the yeah. boys, uh, don't worry about the footy, man. We're not gonna too <laughs> ahead of ourselves there. We, uh, we're pretty realistic, mate. It's uh, one win in a while, so you know we want to be trying to try be consistent and get a couple in a row as opposed to, you know, resting our hat off one win. Sure, but... Uh, but I
0: imagine uh, of course we made a lot about the hoodoo. But you've beaten a quality oh, side it's from it's New Zealand to it that. that. It's
1: great it's great that everyone's pumped again. It's great, uh, you know, it's great to beat the hoodoo. It's great to be the Aussie team that beat beat the Kiwi team for the first time in a while. But um, you know, it is really good to see a lot of the fans and Aussie public really pumped up and happy and excited. But, you know, if we can do two in a row, um, you know, start to build a bit of momentum there then
2: that'll really start to put a few smiles on faces. Mate, how, how big was it, though? Like, surely at a full time, there would have been a lot of relief. The shack was kind of broken. There was.
1: I think the main reason there was a lot of relief is not because of any hoodoo or,
2: you know, this
1: ending the streak, but it was more so the amount of work we've been doing in at the club. Um, you know, for us, in there every day, doing a lot of work, we're trying to build the right culture, we're trying to really drive the right standards around the place. To see that finally, you know... You look at the Blues, that's probably one that we let ourselves down in. We should have won. Crusaders, we definitely should have won, you know, up 29-0, and then we we squander that lead. And then to get the win against the Highlanders, we we certainly know that we're there thereabouts. And the the structures and the processes and the cultures that we're trying to build are, are definitely going in the right direction. So... Now it's time for us to, to really knuckle down. We've, uh, we've had to play sort of the, the school teacher this week and just not let too many people get ahead of their, their, themselves around the club and knowing that uh, we've got a massive job over in Hamilton this weekend.
2: Th- those couple of defeats, though, they would have been heartbreaking, particularly the second run after leading 29-0. Mm. Did you feel that, oh, geez, we've really mucked this up? Are we going to get another opportunity? Because as we've known, it's pretty hard to beat these Kiwi sides. Yeah, it was definitely... it was.
1: I guess the idea that we were so close and that, you know, we certainly had the game in us. When we were playing the right footy, when we were playing to our structure, to our game plan, we are a point-a-minute team, which we are pumped about. But for us, you know, disappointing, but more so just absolutely stinging to play again. I think uh, I was sitting next to Hoops on the bus straight after the Crusaders game, and straight away he goes, mate, I want to play them again now, like... The boys uh, were filthy about it. Uh, pretty disappointed, but you know the sting and the desire, the fire in the belly, is still there, which is which is awesome for us.
3: Tough questions. How's Cam Clark's
1: face after that fly kick to the head? <laughs> yeah, he's too, he's still an oil painting, Clark. He's he's still a good-looking rooster. Don't worry about <laughs> that. Um, he didn't take it to take it too hard. He we actually commended him through the week in team meetings. He uh, copped an absolute boot to the face, and then. Shrugged it off, went straight into the tackle, forced the turnover there, so uh gave him the ref an opportunity to have a look at it on the camera as well, which was good. Um but yeah, Clark is all good, mate. He uh shrugged it off. He's a tough character. One yep.
0: of the one of the nastier things I've seen on a rugby field, I think, and, and they're still uh well we're still to be told the suspension. Um Sanzar's saying Wednesday no, Thursday they'll they'll announce that. Uh <laughs> there's there's a submission being made by Tabita to to, Nbura to have a Another game considered in that suspension, so I guess they'll uh, they'll wait and see how long that's going to be. But uh, yeah, it was one of the more interesting ones I thought.
2: Well, sitting in the uh, the press box on halfway, it was amazing just looking at the crowd. Everyone was on there, and I don't know if you felt it was this, It was great. <laughs> yeah. Not,
1: you know, the Tars fans, you know, traditionally sort of sitting there. Uh, just being quite proper, and they were just <laughs> they rabid. Were they were chanting, they were screaming. Uh, for blood. The refs missed it originally. They it, did. They, they actually
2: d- penalised for, for holding on to the ball, yeah. and, which was extraordinary at the time, I yeah, thought. C-
1: considering that everyone was literally two metres away. So it was great <laughs> that um the crowd really got behind it, raised a lot, of, a lot of noise, and that's what we need to build in the Australian stadiums. Uh, you know, looking back when we played the Crusaders over there, the reason why that thing with KB wasn't picked up is because the screen went blank. Mhm there was no footage there for them to see so we we a uh, lot of us didn't see it at all but then people are saying how did they not see it cuz the screen went blank like it's genius It's, <laughs> it's great lo- work the local the local <laughs> it's tv my <fantastic>. <laughs> yeah. hey,
3: mate. I'm not mates with anyone in Christchurch <laughs> you take me there <laughs> north <laughs> island
0: <laughs> yeah it's um it is remarkable though to to think that it's not unreasonable to consider you guys could well have beaten three New Zealand teams in a row. You weren't that far off. And as you say, should have won Blues, should have beaten the Blues, certainly should have beaten the Crusaders and and did beat the Highlanders. Mm. Does it make you think now, and I know that teams don't get too far ahead of themselves, but do you feel like you've turned a corner and you think back to 2014 where you had that golden run home and, and won it? Is anybody sort of daring to... To think that you might be on that path again.
2: Oh, geez, I don't know if we can be that confident Can, can, I, can <laughs> I stop you there? I think there are people. Cause your mate, Bernard Foley, said yesterday uh, at, at media saying that, look, we we, we want to win. We, we think we can win. Um, the comp. Yeah. And mm. he, I think it probably caught a few people by surprise. Um, and to be fair, they're playing good rugby. Their, their attack is probably one of the best in the comp for sure. So... What, what
0: are the similarities then if, if that's the case do you if you could drill down and and, and you were there in 2014 and, and obviously there now what, what are the similarities that that might be in the team and the setup and the way things are happening
1: um, I certainly see the back line that we have quite similar 2014 you know exciting try to strike off first phase looking for those but you know Tries offset piece. Um, I also see our forward pack a, a bit of the same, you know, a team full of workers. You know, we've got a lot of players in our forward pack who, you know, not the massive ball runners like Wycliffe Palu, but they'll consistently put their hand up, get the right carries, you know, to put us in the right spots in the field to let our backs play. Um, they're the ones that are constantly getting up off the deck, a heap of work, heap of rucks, and, that, and that's exactly what we need. We, New South Wales rugby, we like to play attacking quick, fast footy, and then be nice and controlled as well so if we got those piggies doing the work for us then we're doing well um on what you said about bernard mate, like we've said it so many times before if you don't win the title every year you know you're sitting around mad monday a few weeks afterwards and you just you almost think the year's a bit of a waste you know like people consistently around the world are competing for anything they want to win we want to win the title of course what we do know is that there's a lot of work to get there before then. we, uh, Like you said, we dropped a couple of games that we probably should have should have won. Um, we certainly know there's a big road ahead of us. And this, this test block in the middle of the year will be a big defining mm. thing for the club. You know, we've got players there playing, going back and playing a lot of Shoot Shield. And we've got a lot of players playing Wallaby stuff. So how we manage the squad when that all comes back together will be interesting. And it's important that we're ready to be able to get the wins uh, as well as possible, but also keep a few blokes nice and fresh leading to the back of the end of the year.
0: And if you want to talk about parallels with 2014, uh, the Chiefs this weekend, and you think back to 2014 and winning over there, it was in New Plymouth, and that was where it, it really turned the corner for you. So there, there's that little parallel this weekend as well.
1: Yeah, I think this is the defining game of our season. Um you know, we'll come off the back of a good win. Uh, There's a few questions there around, you know, if there weren't any red or yellow cards. But, you know, it's a good chance for us to go over there, get really tight, you know, just travel as a tight little team, get over there, you know, hostile territory and and try and get the job done. And when Czech first came to the Tars, he said he just wanted the Tars to be the hardest-working team in the comp. And that was his thing. That's when everyone started running up hills, started running around parks, you know, a lot of stuff that, you know, even he admits wasn't even there mainly for the fitness, but more for the mental side of the game. You know, getting up off the deck, not knowing when the finish is, just continually working. And for that game, at that stage, the Chiefs were the hardest working team in the comp. They played a, a really exciting game. Footy, they had some big boys, but they worked really hard. They were never on the ground, and their backs were very, very exciting to watch. So for us, we wanted to go there and try and take the hardest working team in the comp mantle off them, and we saw that as, you know, not telling them, like we weren't taking anything away from them, but between us and them, we were trying to come away with that as the hardest-working team of the comp, and we knew, knew whoever worked hardest in that game would get the win. And that's something for us this weekend as well. Same team, you know, play the same style, same spot. It's something for us to really work on and, and something that's going to be driving the group this weekend.
3: Mate, just on a, a personal note, you've had a pretty up and down season, obviously injured at the start, you got married, um, and then had disappointment of losing the, the club captaincy, um, you know, fighting for your, your starting spot each week, Wallabies naming next week, um, how can you sum up that, that year firstly, and also, what what's the support like from the, the your teammates um, after that incident in the, in the club captaincy?
1: Yeah, so it's been a funny idea, you know, you, you You have a bad year and then you want to come back bigger and stronger than ever you do a lot of work off the field to get everything right so you can get ready for the the year ahead and you you know you have your off time and you you know i was flogging myself in the off time getting ready for the pre-season so i put myself in the best position and then random sort of calf injury so i was sitting on the sideline for eight weeks sort of finding my role around the place still getting around all the club and you know getting around the boys trying to do a lot of stuff and then Coming back, I've got to get ease back into game time, so I'm only allowed to play 20, 30 early on and then build the load through the calf. And then, you know, a few ups and downs, um, you know, Daryl wanting to rotate the team around a fair bit. Then, you know, incident on the weekend, um, I'll on my bucks party but you know that really wasn't an issue for the boys they know exactly what i bring every week and they also know the type of person i am that i'm not out there doing that stupid stuff every weekend that was just a little blimp on the radar so i've still got all their respect and the the club still buy me really well and supported me um as far as they're concerned you know when I'm around the club they still see me you know in that role and, and that's the way I still carry myself I haven't taken a step backwards it's not something I looked at like that and I've just got to keep driving the boys club the, the culture and the squad that we're trying to drive for the season
0: just occurred to me for the first time the irony of the fact that you'd struggled all year with a calf injury that incident happened when you were dressed as a cow that's incredible
2: <laughs> had, had I love it. Had you brought up? <laughs> I, hadn't, you? I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> and dawned on you. Mm. Calf injury. <laughs> <laughs> What's um? I, are you still? Because I, I'm pretty sure when the media press co- uh, release came out saying that I think they were well not taking away permanently, but as what is it, suspended? Yeah, it's suspended. So yeah, are you so. still hoping to to get that title back? And I know that you're saying that you yeah, yeah, you're not the really in things. it
1: in it for the title, but you know that's something. I'm just going to, I have been and I've still been carrying that role around the club of continuing to, you know, drive those standards even if the title isn't there. You know, I'm not going to take a backward step from that. The the role I have there working with Hoops and Nardi every week is something that, you know, we need and it's something that I've really enjoyed taking a hold of. And I guess down the track, uh, it's probably up to Horry and Daryl how that goes, Um, if if that's going to be reinstatement, reinstated. But, you know, at the moment I just want to make sure that we're, we're you know, Carrying on as usual. We want to make sure that we're still driving those culture, the standards around the place to, to be a, a, not just a strong club now but for the future as well. You've
0: done that for, for years. You've yeah, done that exactly. and we'll continue to do that for years to come. Yeah. There, was, yeah.
2: there was a great story in the in the Herald that came out shortly after but I think Georgiana Robinson or and, and Tom Decent and, and they had been sent a letter or an email from an Irish lady. Just days later, when she'd heard about the story and said that, oh yeah. that Nick had <laughs> kind of sent a, sent a jersey over to her son. So, those sorts of things had obviously get lost at, at, at various points in times, and it only came out uh, after this incident. So, fair play to you there. W- you, you mentioned that uh, it kind of had been a little bit frustrating being in and out of the team when you've come back with the rotation policy that Daryl's been implementing. Look, with the Irish series just around the corner, I'm sure you're itching to play more, more game time.
1: Yeah, well, I, I, absolutely. I want to be playing a lot, as much footy as I can. I want to be playing a lot, and I want to be playing good footy. Um, I guess the silver lining is that you know I've, I've, my role in the last few years as the Wallabies has been that that finisher of the game, that that cool, con- calm, controlled head, being able to fin- either win a game or either lock down a game and 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 hold hold on for the win. Um, I've been getting a lot of practice of that off the bench lately, you know, 20, 30 minutes, which has been awesome for me to be able to get my head around that role again, but also wanting to get more time on the field. So pushing for that starting spot again. And, you know, it's great competition there. Admittedly, with Daryl, it's it's working. You know, it's getting the best out of both me and Jake. And, you know, we're both playing great footy every weekend. So, you know, it's a, it's something that we're just going to keep rolling with and enjoying and, um, you know, we keep working together as well. And I guess those decisions will be made down the track. Just on Daryl, uh, he
3: obviously had a cu- tough uh, first couple of seasons as his head coach with results not being great. He was under a lot of pressure to hold his job. Um, how's he been this season? Um, I'm, I'm sure he'll be feeling a little bit relieved um, that, that things are, are trending better this year. Have you noticed uh, any sort of changes in how he's gone about things this year? I think he's spending a bit more time actually coaching on the grass with you guys this
1: yeah, year. Yeah, so I think at the end of the last year, the him and Hori did a lot of work together about you know, freeing up his role. He's, you know, a fantastic coach. He shouldn't have to worry about a lot of the other stuff that goes on off the field. His role is to make sure the team is performing its best on Saturdays. So around that, we you know, Darrell's offloaded a lot of his tasks on, to a big player-driven focus. So a lot of the players are taking control over of, of a lot of stuff off-field, uh, you know, particular shapes, styles, you know, always having those conversations with players. And the work that he's done with Hori in the off-season, he's, he's just... He's always looking to learn. He's actually one of those coaches that's, you know, really receptive feedback and always looking to try new things and, and learn off his mistakes and learn uh, leading forward. So he's hungry for that knowledge. And I, I see a lot of growth of him in the off-season to now of being able to, you know, really command a room, have a lot of control over the players, but also give that feedback and that and that sort of control around the playing group about how he wants his team to play. And it's been really good. You can probably notice in the... In the the way that we're playing the direction of the game it's a it's a lot more structured people are are knowing exactly where they've got to be there's no excuses to miss roles and he's he's the one driving that every week so you know it's good seeing him grow in that role and to be honest I I can't see him you know taking a step back from trying to grow every week Um, you know whether we're going really well or really poorly he, he doesn't um, worry about that. He wants the, the style of game that we're playing to be consistently good every week so that you know he shares my vision of making it a strong club, not only now, but also for the future.
0: We'll uh, talk about uh, the Reds and the Canes. That's uh, the game after you guys on, on Saturday night. Do that in just a moment. But just a quick word on Israel Folau. And obviously, you know he has spent a lot of the past couple of months in the headlines for not necessarily all the right reasons and not necessarily reasons that he would want to be in the headlines, but the ability to Put that to one side and create or or um, play in the same sort of form that that he has been playing. What did he pass his fiftieth? got yeah. his fiftieth try on the weekend <laughs> uh, in Super Rugby. That that is remarkable. Just a word on on Izzy and the sort of form he's in at the moment.
1: Yeah, it's like you said, being able to push all that stuff aside is is, is amazing. His uh. I guess that's directly related to the strengths that he's had from being one of the best players in all three codes in the country. Um, you know, the experience he has around how how he prepares, how he gets ready, how he sort of, um, you know, gets ready for the game, excluding all that stuff off the side. So, you know... Th- He's actually been really fantastic. I've seen the growth in him this year as well. He's he's a lot more vocal. He's he's chatting a lot more around the group. And for someone like him who's pretty much, you know, mm-hmm. been there and done, done most of it, having him speak in a meeting is very commanding. And it, it's the first time in the last sort of year that I've seen him take that control and take that sort of responsibility for a lot of the other players around the group. A lot you know, the way that he wants his, his direct area to be set up so that he can, you know, perform at his best. And, you know, the growth that he's had this year has been great. So, you know, we're looking forward to him continuing to perform on the field and, and also off.
2: Look, I know that the players certainly tried to brush it aside by saying that it's not affecting them and, and, and it's not it clearly hasn't really affected Izzy on the field. But were like was there dialogue between the players and Izzy about what was going on or was no. it just, just just left alone completely? just
1: honestly it's we all understand that he's, he's a very religious man and he's got his views and that's not something for us to really you know discriminate against him for he's uh he's got his views but you know it's not like he's out there just preaching about it the whole time he's he's there with us every day yeah. in the trenches and we we really respect how many different people we have in our team that's You know, it's so interesting, Rugby Union, you've got so many different people coming together. You've got, you know, private school boys, public school boys, boys from New Zealand, you know, people from all over the world coming into Australia, into Sydney, New South Wales, to play for our club. So getting that growth together and, you know, shrugging off all the other stuff is is really interesting to be able to see how teams accept each other Mm. and how people accept each other, especially in, in times of conflict like this.
2: Yeah, we had Michael Checker today. Uh, talking about that and saying, look, he's uh, confident that, that he's not going to post anything that's going to be controversial, particularly coming into this Irish series. So I think positive signs for Australian rugby that he's, he's firing and, and fingers crossed we can get some uh, more clarity about his future in the game soon enough because Falao on the field is, is certainly mm. one of the the world's best.
3: Yeah. yeah, I just noticed a interesting story come through uh, there that check's looking at... Uh, Tan Kelly and is firmly in the frame uh, for the for the Island series as well despite actually moving overseas at the end of the year so just just a word on him it's a nice luxury to be able to fling it to a to a bloke of, of his size to, to dot down in the corner isn't it
1: Yeah it is he's an how good a finisher is he uh every time you sort of wonder how he's getting it down but you know the big boy he's, he's grown so much in confidence this year uh, mainly through the amount of work he's doing off the field I think last time I was on the podcast I spoke about how we're doing gym sessions every day. He's not allowed to do gym. He's got to go and do <laughs> ergs. So even yesterday, we had a full... So just just so he won't show you guys up, you tell him he's got to... That's it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just go and do some push-ups in the corner. No, so like even yesterday, we had a full big team session, you know, people getting their bash on, a lot of lot of running, heaps of metres, long time out in the field. hour later, we're all getting ready for the gym. We're in there lifting, and he's out in the corner doing his ergs and his ski ergs and his... Uh, punching bags and the the work that he's doing off the field he's he's seen the difference now you know he he's yeah. probably the first one to say he wasn't able to get back there to get the ball or be able to get back there be in support or do the repeat efforts because he just wasn't physically ready and what he's putting into his body now and the amount of work he's doing off the field is really good and it's, and it's a great example to a lot of our other younger players as well well, well he's, he's yeah. talked
0: about uh, how much he he's realized in the past few months about what he's let slip over the last few years and he doesn't want to uh, let that happen at the back end of his career. Hopefully he's got the
1: support over in Northampton or he could blow out again, the big boy. It (laughs) it is a
2: shame he's going, but I I think it's great news that Czech's considering him and and certainly that would put someone who I've been talking a lot about recently, Kane Douglas, in the frame as well because I think the two of them, um, with someone like Ned Hunnigan going down recently as well, maybe Rory Arnold out for the first test, Douglas certainly comes into the frame for for that match too.
0: Well, if, if... Check was going to pick everyone that you've spoken about. We have a squad of seventy-five, <laughs> well, right. uh, including himself. Now, <laughs> I think, I, I, think I, I think I mentioned that uh, we're going to talk about the Reds and the Canes. We are, of course, going to talk about the Reds and the Highlanders. Uh, but in that context, the Reds played the Canes last weekend, got pretty close um, on on Friday night. I don't know whether you got to see much of that, Nick. But the um, highlights. yeah, the the, the the Reds were very very good for long periods in that game. It was just as if they had the key moments and they weren't able to find the answer in the key moments. A couple of mistakes, a uh, couple of sort of lack of clarity, lack of execution. But you kind of feel they're they're not that far off.
3: No, it was a really good performance and a huge bounce back from the embarrassing one um, in Tokyo against the Sunwolves. Uh, First things first, Christy and I had a little wager on that game. Uh, it's our, our two teams, and uh, we put the classic rugby bit, put some prawns and champagne on the line. So, uh, <laughs> of course Christy, yeah. I think we're going out for drinks tonight. So, um, you're more than welcome to, to buy me a glass. I'd be pons. happy to,
2: mate. It'll yeah. be
0: just between the two of us. No, they <laughs> will be prawns, from the Mekong. <laughs> yeah, and they'll and they'll be uh, you know fleur de lys champagne. I reckon. I can't, <laughs> no?
3: I can't wait. I can't wait. But yeah, the the Reds. Uh, yeah, they. they Gave the Canes a real scare there um, towards towards the end with just a four-point uh, margin. And like like you say, a couple of detailed things, not finding touch, uh, a yeah. line out there they lost on, on their throw um just sort of killed their hopes of, of pinching one. But yeah, the, the streak wasn't too far off being ended the night before, was it?
2: No, not at all. And I think one of the, the real pluses and the things that we've got to be really celebrating and getting behind is how good is Tanyela Tupo yeah. going? like. That bloke is a, uh, let's hope that he can stay fit because he's, what, 21, I think he is, or 20, 21, and mm. he could be around for 10, 12, 13, 14 years, hopefully, and and the way he runs with the ball and just bollocks over the top of people and that, that pass in inside, um, it's it's fantastic to see. I'm really interested to see who check goes between Sakopi Kepu, well, got Alan Alatoa there as well, another yeah. class player, and, and, and Tanula, so... I, I would probably be leaning towards Jacoby to start giving his experience, but you've got to be giving big minutes to this guy because his scrummaging's improved out of sight too.
0: Well, that the, the, the broken field play is is reminiscent of. Remember when he first came on the scene, and uh, the first thing that we saw about this kid was the schoolboy stuff mm-hmm. out of New Zealand on, on YouTube.
2: And he's starting to do and it. And, at it the and super now rugby he's doing Super Rugby. Yeah.
0: It's uh, it's amazing. Yeah, and 22 like, he is. Like yeah. you say,
3: it's a real log jam there at tight head. You wonder if Jack might even look at, uh, I think Allen might have played a little bit on the other side as well because you've got three potentially world-class tight heads there going for one spot where it, it's a little bit thinner on the other side. So, uh, yeah, he, he's obviously going going great. Guns, any, any thoughts on the Thor from your time yeah, with the Wallabies? Yeah, the
1: Thor, we all know he's a great open player he's a, he's a freak you know yeah. he's doing things that backs would love to do um, I think for him then and he knows as well his biggest growth is in his scrummaging uh, which he you can see this year he's doing really well um, as a halfback who knows nothing about that area but <laughs> he's, he's, he's pretty locking. close to the action you can, you can get <laughs> yeah I yell out things to the yeah. ref but I don't actually know what I'm talking yeah. about yeah. seeing <laughs> his growth in that area especially around his scrummaging stuff you know he's learning off the James Slipper there a couple of old heads he's doing a lot of stuff on that if if he can lock down his scrummaging and then he can play the way he does in open field, he'll be a world-class player. And you can see that growing through him this year, which is great. And on that people, they, they played so well on the weekend. P- people forget the Reds when they won their premiership, had a few lean years before as well. Mm-hmm. You know, what Brad Thorne's doing there at the club, it's a quite a young group. You say that they, you know, missed a couple of opportunities. You know, that's just experience. That's, that stuff that in the nitty gritty part of the game, you need experienced players to, to be able to lock down. And that's what they've, that's what they're growing. That's what they're building. And you see that growth. Yeah, they're not having a fantastic year so far, but if you're seeing that growth, especially in games like that, then, you know, next few years, if they can keep the, the guts of their squad together, their spine, then they'll be looking good.
0: It's at 23, I think, is the average age. It's mm. around 23. Yeah, tw- I and think 24, but yep. it's the
2: youngest by a year yep. yeah. from, from their side. And
0: that explains a lot of that inconsistency. Like you said about the Sunwolves the week before. So the Sunwolves put 63 on them. Then they come out and they almost beat the Hurricanes in Wellington. That has to have something to do with that with that inconsistency. But you're right. So given that good performance last week, they go home where they've won three of their four games. I think at Suncorp Stadium this year. The only thing that that works against them, or one of the things that works against them, is that you blokes have made the Highlanders angry. They're going to be filthy about, <laughs> well, about being beaten, and uh, and they'll be up for it, no doubt about that. I I think it's in their
2: a- kung fu kicks, I've heard. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's important to also just before you actually bring up those two, the Sun will beat the Stormers on the weekend too. So they're doing a lot of good things mm. at the moment. And Hayden Parker just quietly can kick. Um, <laughs> but the, the, the Reds, certainly they'll come into this with a lot of confidence. It'll be really interesting to see when the Highlanders name their side tomorrow who, who actually is in that lineup Because mm. with the New Zealand rugby protocol that the all-black players have to have a couple of matches out... And
3: we know Ben Smith's definitely out. Ben for Smith's one. not ben making Smith, trip.
2: No. Yeah, so possibly still see lima Sopoanga and aaron smith and the, they're the drivers of that side um, in there but big opportunity i think for, for the reds and you can just see that there is actually a bit more confidence kind of throughout australian rugby at the moment like with the reds pushing them last week the tars winning um hopefully good signs yeah
3: nick can you feel a bit, a bit more of a competitiveness across the four aussie teams obviously losing the force was Horrific for the game over there, but it's condensed the the playing pool, the the ladder's you know a bit tighter this year, and a team like the Brumbies, you know, struggling to to keep up with you and the Rebels. Do, do you f- feel an improvement across the board and a bit more consistency maybe?
1: I think you certainly see a lot more depth in the in the four teams left over at the moment. You you definitely know that, you know, previously you would probably look at a few positions in different teams, and knowing that if you know they're starting man got knocked off you'd be in a bit of trouble but now you, you you're actually talking a lot about the players that aren't starting you know there's a lot of great players around the uh, competition at the moment that are you know biding their time on the bench or you know are getting their opportunity just at the moment because people are doing well up in the starting team so you know it, it is disappointing what happened to the force over there but it certainly has what I think the desired effect was to try and raise the standard of the four teams left over and you do see you know Australians pretty notorious slow starters to the Super Rugby season. You see the players starting to gel and build those combinations and, and start to put some good performances out there. I think this weekend will be a really great weekend to see really where we're at and where we are at at, at as, as Australian rugby. And a lot of the super teams from Australia will be looking for a win, pretty desperate for one of them. So it'll be good to see the competition.
2: Well, in a, in a couple of the blowouts the Australian sides have had against New Zealand teams. Look, they've been all competitive at halftime. And you look at the Rebel sides, particularly against the Crusaders and against the Hurricanes, what well, they were leading the Hurricanes at halftime, and they were only a couple of drifts to the Crusaders. So you can't... I think certainly there's been a, a, a rise in standard across the, the four sides. We've probably got to move on to the, the Rebels and...
0: Yeah, and when well, you talk about the sunwalls and the fact they're in pretty good form, they're in Melbourne on Friday night. Um... The thing that stands out when you pick up the team sheet from the Rebels is Reese Hodge at, at 10.
2: Yeah, and I messaged Hey Vessel straight away, going, is that uh, a breather or a tactical change experiment? Saying if Reese, w- we've all heard a lot that Reese is, is possibly the third choice number 10 for the Wallabies. He lined up in Japan last yeah, he's year. Yeah, he was 5'8 with me in Japan. How did you think that, that went?
1: Yeah, I think actually through that whole year, when we're doing all our opposed stuff early in the week, because obviously Hodgie was quite the utility; he was used on the wing and yeah. the centres, all that stuff. But early in the week, when we're planning running our plays against each other, he knows his role, so he was playing five eight in the second term. So we were always running against each other, so he had a lot of time in the saddle there, you know, working on what he was trying to do, you know, getting a feel for that sort of area and how and how to control the game as the quarterback's supposed to. So it, it's not new to him. And then he got that opportunity against Japan. He, I think he kicked. Seven from seven or something yeah, like nailed times. it. He uh, he played quite well. He controlled the team really well, and that's what we're looking for for him to be able to do. And and I certainly know he's interested in moving closer in towards the ball. Um, it'll be I think it's you know it's a good opportunity for him to have a crack this week and uh, against an informed some wolves. And you know if he does well, you can probably see him staying there because they've, they've probably got a bit more depth in the centers than they do
2: probably at 5'8 at the moment. So Definitely. that's for that's for his opportunity this weekend, I guess. And, and the other big inclusion there is, is Jordan Ulisi, I think, off the bench. You know, and Wancef and Ivalu, who I think is just an absolute match winner. He's got speed for days. But Ulisi with this hooking position up for grabs, with Taff being out of the series, is a, a big return for him. Yeah, Czech will be
3: uh, delighted with, with uh, those moves. You just wonder if he's had a quiet word here and there with you see some of these changes. Tolu Tolulatu um, coming back into the... The frame, uh, Reese Reese going to ten. You wonder if he is maybe uh, having having quiet words here and there, like the All Blacks do with their players. But yeah, that that's a, a, a particularly Ulysse. That's uh, that'd be massive comfort to him because he's very uh, short on experienced talking options. Not that not that Jordan's experience. He's only twenty in, himself. But, uh, but he's been playing
2: he, since he was two. I don't know if you know si- that. Sam. Playing
3: since he was two, <laughs> you're quite quite right. Um, and playing Ramos is probably the other um, option to start by um, by Chick's comments. So yeah. Um, a big relief for him
0: and Dane Haylett Petty back yes. a, a, as yep, well so a he's out. um he's had issues with a a neck uh, i think it was um concussion initially mm. and, and then a neck injury and so that's timely uh, as we head towards the the team announcement next Wednesday, the Wallaby team announcement next Wednesday.
3: Nick, have you? Um, we had check in last week. He said that he was, you know, throughout the season, obviously filtering out information because there's only a week before that that first Island Test. Um, so, what, what's the process there? Do you get a bit of homework on Ireland throughout the, you know, throughout the season as, as well as your Super Rugby duties?
1: Yeah, well, we had that camp a couple of, I think, three weeks ago now, over a weekend. So we went in after the game and there for Sunday, Monday. Um, it was. A about thirty five us, I think, in there and that was just his opportunity to be able to um discuss a few things that he wants to bring in, how he thinks we're gonna beat Ireland and, and stuff like that and, and, and a lot around the mental side of the game, how, you know, that's his greatest strength being able to Get the the squad aligned towards one goal. So there is a lot of information. He's he's definitely talking to a lot of people around the place, around you know style, how we're going, you know what what he thinks, what he wants us to work on to bring for the Island Games, things like that. So you know the coaches, the assistant coaches, are always filtering through the squad. So there's a quite quite an easy buffer to be able to have a chat with. And you know Bernie Larkin is regularly in with us for a couple of days a week and helps us out and helps our squad out to to build. Um, you know, not only to play Super Rugby, but he's also you know helping a lot of players around their individual skills for the Island Test.
0: Now, the other game that uh, we need to touch on is the Brumbies and, and the Bulls early uh, Sunday morning our time, and well, the Brumbies were in it after an hour against the Lions. What was it twenty four, twenty one? I think not. Not in it, leading. Yeah. Uh, and then I don't know, it just it just went pear shape really, really quickly with Rory Arnold red carded and now suspended, and Sam Carter. Uh, was sat down with a yellow card for a short time as well. So it just fell off a cliff, but uh, they were looking pretty good after an hour.
3: Yeah, well, that's a disastrous loss for them, really, isn't it? Because, like you say, they had their noses in front to to keep their season alive, really, and and now it's hard to see them actually making the playoffs. So that's a a huge blow. Unfortunately, a red card, we we see it, as we saw in in your game, Nick. It just, yeah, can completely change the game as it it did with the Brumbies over there because they were on track and... Yeah, it's it's a shame because they, they'd rolled out their strongest 15 of the, the season with, with Pocock there, and nicerani and, and, you know, showing what they were capable of. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a bit bit sad for the, the Brumby supporters out there.
2: It was good to see some, I don't know, believe it or not, I was watching the game, I don't know why it was at 1 o'clock or something in the morning, but Tom Banks... Just got home. <laughs> yeah, I <You're well, laughs> had actually after the game... <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) after the game (laughs) (laughs) the game didn't finish it uh, (laughs) i've heard it all (laughs) i'll I'll use that one come on mate palm beach is a long (laughs) long long trip home um but tom Banks showing some real gas uh it was a perfect start to the game blitzing a a couple on the outside and uh interesting to see if he's a potential bolt i don't know if he he will be but we know that stephen larkham likes him he rates him highly uh, can score a try. So, mm. what's that one? Rob Valentini was added to uh, your 75 players. I was going to say, was he in your squad of
0: 75?
2: Uh, he was. He was. Yes. Right. So actually. was Tom Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Rob Valentini was the other one, and you really have to feel for him because I think he might have been around the mark as a yeah. as a bolter and uh, done that mm-hmm. uh, that knee again. Um, still unsure about how long that will be, um, but yeah, he uh, he would have been. Uh, in and around, I would have thought. Nick, have you got any insight there? I don't know Rob
1: that well, but Banksy's definitely... When we were down in Canberra last year for a game, he trained with us all week, so coaches had a good look at him. He was, you know, riffing and tearing. He's got some speed on him, Mm -hmm. and he's a great fella as well. So, you know, I rate him very highly. He's 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 a good, smart player. He's able to, you know... Take the line on really well, and, and puts his body on the line. So
2: well, we saw a couple of weeks ago as well against uh, Marika Korobedi, who had a bit of space in the outside, and Tom Banks showed him the sideline, and he and he banged him into the touch. It was so uh, once again showing that not just with with ball in hand, but defensively, he's up to it too. So can we see the Brumbies uh, without Balatini, without Rory Arnold, the Bulls coming back after being smashed really in the second half by the the Haggaiars? Can, can they cause an upset? Very hard to see it happening, I would have
3: thought. It, uh, yeah, I don't see why not. Like like you say, the travel factor of them having to come back from Argentina, I think it's going to be more of a mental thing for them because that's a pretty uh, soul-destroying loss, that one. So if they can get their, their heads right, I, re- I reckon there's no reason. On paper, they've probably got a more impressive side than the Bulls, so I'm an optimist.
0: And uh, some Aussies in action in Europe this week?
2: Yeah, a lot of finals footy around the wo- uh, around Europe, particularly. Scott Fardy we also had on the pod last week, straight through with the semi-final victory, so he's into the final. We've got uh, what Mikey Mike Harris and Liam Gill into the semi final after a rather extraordinary progression from the top 14 quarters where they tied 19 all after extra time, but because they'd scored two tries to one, qualified for the semis. So, see you later. Uh, what um, semi radra, goodbye, thanks for coming. Um, and also, a few, a few of your former teammates, particularly with Exeter, and um, Dave Dennis didn't get on the field, but you had Lockie. Turner, Nick White, Greg Holmes—they're off to the big dance again. Up against Saracens, and and Will Skelton came off the, off the bench there too. So
1: what well, no, he's over there doing well? Good to see. If, if you look be- at a team like Exeter, gee, they've recruited well, getting like not just because of their playing ability, but they're great blokes. And I know you know we talked to Dan a fair bit. He says how hey, Exeter has such a great club culture. There's they got massive squads over there of about 50, so it's a bit different here, but. You know, he says the club culture over there is awesome, and it's it's quite an awesome little town, and they all band together, and the, they all love it. So, you know, they're doing really well over there, and hopefully, they get the win.
3: Have you ever come close to heading overseas? There must be some tempting offers no, over there. not
1: really. I, I guess last last contract, I was um, you know certainly at that stage where I had to make you know a decision, but I, I just felt like I had too much left here to do. Um, you know, I was lit living in the best city in the world, in the best country in the world, I I was happy where I was right at the moment. And, and I, I still felt like
2: I, I still had a little bit more to give and, and I wanted to have a crack at, again at that third World Cup. Well, um, thank you for coming on the show today, Nick. Always good to see you. And uh, the Irish here is just around the corner, so hopefully we can catch up with you throughout the t- time. Uh, speaking speaking of, the, of which? Yeah, the Irish. We've got Jamie Heaslip, the great... Nick back recruit. rower yeah. coming on the pod next week, so looking forward to speaking to him. And, and the Irish squad is announced, I think, later on this evening, so Wednesday we're recording this, so watch out for that one.
0: Indeed. Uh, yeah, a lot to look forward to in Australian rugby over the next couple of weeks with Super Rugby and then heading into June with uh, with three tests. So, yeah, Nick, thanks very much for, for no your worries.
1: company today. Thanks for we'll having me, boys. Up soon. Yep.
0: And that is a wrap for the Fox Rug-